0: Welcome to the Torah Study. I'm Pastor Scott Sigmund. You uh, heard from my bride of 40 years, uh, Lydia Sigmund, Pastor Lydia. uh, And we're excited that you're here. Thank you for coming out. We're in Torah portion number 6 today. Uh, This is the study on Isaac and Jacob and Esau. And as you know, in every Torah study, there are many, many themes and topics you can get into. Uh, Today, I want to focus on uh, Isaac and surviving heartbreak and tragedy. I want to get into that, but uh, before we get into all of that, I just want to remind everybody that Israel is still at war. They continue to need our love, our support, our prayers. They need our emotional support. They've been getting it, but they, they don't want us to stop, right? They haven't fully recovered from all that trauma and tragedy, right? It's kind of like a 9-11 event for them. And uh, just to encourage you, uh, our ministry continues to provide practical and tangible financial assistance for the Holocaust survivors, many who are just afraid to leave their apartment, the Children's Victim of Terror Fund and the therapies to help them overcome the PTSD type symptoms. We're involved in the Survivor Relocation Project as you'll see with Pastor Larry Uh, in the main service. You'll see some of the the damage and hear about some of his experience being on the front lines on the ground in Israel last week. We're providing basic essentials like food and clothing, medical, and uh, uh, housing for tens of thousands. Uh, We're buying new ambulances and new mobile bomb shelters. Uh, uh, The rockets keep uh, being fired. There's been over 5,000 rockets fired, and that continues to happen. Uh, It's been reported that many of the Holocaust survivors living there, they're struggling right now to try to process uh, the brutality that they witnessed. I mean, this is barbarianism at its worst. Uh, These are not just uh, military people fighting like in Russia versus Ukraine. Uh, This is uh, sadistic terrorism at Levels that none of us could even imagine. The IDF put together a 45-minute video. Uh, They tried to show it at the Museum of Tolerance in L.A. And the pro-Hamas people were threatening and storming the Museum of Tolerance in Los Angeles. We know the, the, uh, the founders of that. And it's just like, go away, you uneducated, illiterate. Uncompassionate idiots. Uh, Many of them are just young college, white young college students. Uh, It's like, uh, what on earth have they been taught? Uh, We're not going to let this drop, folks. 1,200 innocent Jewish civilians were murdered, massacred, butchered. Over 3,400 wounded, all the 247 hostages, all these people uh, clamoring, pro- ceasefire. Why don't you start with release the hostages? And then maybe why don't you surrender? We don't need a ceasefire, we need a surrender. Uh, and so uh, we could go on and on and on. Uh, But our job as Christians standing with Israel is to continue to pray and support our Jewish brothers and sisters, which we have done faithfully uh, uh, all over uh, Israel. And our job is to continue to pray for the peace of Jerusalem and for the nation of Israel. Pray for those that uh, have suffered. Uh, we loosen God's comfort and God's consolation over all of those uh, that they would get a little measure of relief. And we pray for the return of the hostages. Uh, and like I said, we, we're not praying for a ceasefire. All of that politically may uh, happen, but we're praying for a surrender. That Hamas, these are, these are not normal people. What we're seeing and we don't share all the, the ugliness of it, the brutality, it's sadistic. I mean, this is like medieval Attila the Hun barbarianism. Uh, and uh, uh, so we're praying that Hamas would be forced to surrender. Amen. Amen. And so uh, there's many survivors. Pastor Larry was with them. Uh, and uh, he's going to tell some of that story uh, this, uh, this morning in his service. But uh, this message or story of survivors leads us into our Torah study today that begins in Genesis twenty five nineteen. 19. Uh, it begins by saying this is the account of the family of Isaac, Yitzhak. Uh, The son of Abraham. And so Yitzhak, Isaac, uh, is the son of the covenant. Abraham had another son, Ishmael. And although God gave Ishmael promises, he never promised him that he was the son of the covenant. That he would be the father of of many nations of the covenant. And that he would uh, be given the land of Israel. That covenant was made with Abraham, passed on to Isaac and Jacob. And you and I are descendants and grafted into that. And so this is why we care and teach about this. We're grafted in. Amen. And so... Isaac is not just the first Jewish child in Jewish history, he's also the first survivor in Jewish history. Uh, his life is meant to be for us an example, an example of inner strength, okay? An example of perseverance. We're going to persevere through the hard times. We're not going to bow down, bend down, or slow down in the face of adversity. We're going to be strong in the Lord. Amen? And obviously that doesn't happen at the snap of a finger. It happens because you do certain things on purpose. And equip yourself and train yourself and prepare yourself to be a good soldier in the army of the Lord. A good soldier endures. Amen? And so understanding what Isaac went through and how he responded is meant to encourage us. And that's what we're going to get into today. We're going to get into, in part, the good news, the gospel news, uh, about Isaac's life, and it's a message to every believer that God is showing us that no matter what happens to us, we can still come up, come out on top. Amen. He's still Jehovah Shalom. He's still Jehovah Nisi. He's still Jehovah Shema. Amen. And praise God, he can turn, uh, Our difficult experiences. No one's immune from difficult experiences. Right? We sometimes think that because we're going through a difficult experience that we don't have faith. You do have faith. And in a difficult experience is when we need to release our faith and stand strong. Having done all to stand, the Bible says what? Stand. And we stand, and we believe, and we don't waver, we don't cast away our confidence. We turn our, and if we'll do that, God will help us uh, uh, turn what seems to be a millstone into a stepping stone. Amen. How many of you like that idea? You're not going under, you're going over. Amen. And why? Because God is a God of grace. He's a God of goodness. He's a God of mercy. Those things endure forever. And part of coming to church, part of building a relationship with the Lord is learning to get past your past. Okay? Get past your past. You can't live your life in the rearview mirror anchored to things that have happened to you uh, years ago. Some people are still suffering from childhood experiences. Part of the Gospel is meant to make you whole. It's meant for the Spirit of God and the Word of God and the love of God and the people of God and the teachings of God to get into your spirit into your heart into your inner man and bring healing and resolution and restoration and turn you from being into a vic- from a turn you from a victim into a victor amen and so praise God give God a praise if you receive that amen so Yitzhak had some things to overcome. If he was going to survive, he had to survive a, a lot of stuff. And we don't, a lot of times we just think of the Hanna-Barbera cartoon version of his life. But what we don't realize is that when he's a child, he was uh, the victim of Ishmael's relentless ridicule. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. There was just this uh, avalanche of emotional abuse from his stepbrother Ishmael. And there's some teaching in ancient Jewish wisdom that says he not only had to overcome the ridicule and the verbal abuse, the emotional abuse, but uh, he had to overcome sexual abuse. And so, if that is not enough, I mean, that one statement, people uh, uh, in our church, people you know, are dealing with some of that. But there is good news. Amen? Jesus came to heal the broken heart. His Word is alive and full of power and can do miracles. You can go to therapy for ten years and that's not a bad thing. But what might take ten years through going to counseling and therapy, you might be able to experience a breakthrough today in one moment of time with the Lord. Do we have any believers in here today? Come on. Isaac had to live through what was an, uh, obviously a gut-wrenching experience a dysfunctional experience with his family when God told Sarah and Abraham, Hagar and Ishmael have to go. Right? They're no good for this family right now. And they can't live here with all of this stuff going on. There's a message there for people that are going through uh, domestic violence and domestic abuse. That person that's committing that kind of... He has to go. She has to go. And you don't need to feel guilty about it. Okay, it goes on. Isaac uh, had to struggle living in the shadow of a famous father. Yeah? Living in Abraham's shadow meant that there was a heavy weight of expectation. And some of you, myself included, have lived through a relationship with a parent where you could never do good enough. There was nothing you could ever do that didn't face a pound of criticism. And you just grew up being criticized at every turn. In uh, Isaac's case, it was just the expectation that Almighty God has made an eternal covenant with my Father, and I'm expected to carry on this legacy of an eternal covenant. Am I up to the challenge? Can I carry the load? Can I carry on this legacy? Uh, that, that's not an easy thing to live with. And then how about the emotional trauma of being offered up as a living sacrifice. Abraham had the knife in his hand. He was ready to follow the instructions of God and all of a sudden the angel of the Lord called out, Stop! And Jehovah Jireh revealed himself and provided a lamb. And that lamb uh, was sacrificed in his place. It's a symbol of what Christ has done for us the Lamb of God. We were on the, uh, the altar because of our sin, doomed to die and be separated from God for all of eternity. And all of a sudden, Jehovah-Jireh, Almighty God sent His only begotten Son, the Lamb of God that defeats the devil, takes away every sin, breaks every curse, and reconnects us to God's uh, love, God's purpose, God's power. Amen? You know, it's interesting that even though Isaac didn't die on the altar, it's easy to see how it could have caused something to die within him, even though he went on living. When you go through a traumatic experience, I mean, there's a piece of you that kind of is affected and might even die. And I could see with, when it comes to Isaac, I could see uh, uh, what, di- what could have died in him is caring about his future. Right? Right? Caring about anything. After I went through all of this, I don't care about nothing anymore. And you see that in people's lives, don't you? You see people living almost like a zombie. You know, they just, there's nothing there because life has come in and beat them up so bad and they don't have what you have they don't have a living savior and a living word living inside of them to bring them hope to build their faith to get them out of their past and get them healed and 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 coming in and making them whole how many of you have experienced the power of god in your life in such a way that it took you from breakdown to breakthrough that took you from being a victim into being a survivor Then immediately after the ordeal of being sacrificed, how about losing your dearly beloved mama? Yeah? I've gone through that. And how many of you know that when your mom goes home, something inside of you goes with her? Amen? How do you overcome that? By the supernatural love of God working in you. The Bible says that the love of God has been shed abroad in your heart. That the grace of God, the mercies of God, are there for you to bring you comfort and consolation and help you rebuild your life and get past that issue, that thing, that circumstance. Come on, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. You know, later, Abraham sends his servant to find Isaac a wife. But there's never a mention in the Bible that Isaac asked for that. That was Abraham's plan and then Abraham sends his servant Eleazar uh, uh, to find Isaac a wife, Uh, we're just never told whether Isaac even wants to be married. And then on top of that, once he does get married, he has all of these conflicts with the Philistines. And then his wife gives birth to uh, Esau, And Jacob, and boy, that's a whole nother sermon on Esau. Help me, Jesus, with that wild kid of mine. Amen. So the Torah, Isaac, are pretty much silent through all of these different traumatic experiences. And some suggest it's because he was on the verge through all of this of becoming a victim of circumstance. A victim of all the anxiety, of all the stress. I looked up in the Mayo Clinic what go, what's going on here. And the Mayo Clinic says that while occasional anxiety can be normal, If a person is pushed enough and goes to a certain level, it can lead to a disorder that produces intense and persistent symptoms of worry and fear and panic. That is not the destiny of a believer in Jesus Christ. Worry and fear and panic. And yet many believers are still living with worry and fear. And if the situation is right, uh, a panic sets in. And some of that can go back to someone's childhood. Look, I came from a very dysfunctional family. There was not much love. My family, my parents had many problems before they got divorced. And if you've been through a divorce as a kid... And you watch your parents fighting and arguing and just it's just insane. I mean, that scars you. It hurts you and it's hard to process that and cope with that. And I just wish I would have known then what I know now. Amen? That's why children's ministry is so important. We're not just changing diapers and passing out coloring pages. Those kids are going through stuff. And they need a teacher that has the anointing of God on their lives. That can speak and pray and minister the love of God, the healing of God, and put a vision in them. Lydia and I were children's pastors and ran Pastor and Tiz's children's ministry. All the while we were up in Portland for 13 years. And then uh, down here for 10 years. And uh, to this day, 30-year-old plus kids still contact us and thank us for what we deposited (laughs) into their lives. Through all of this, Isaac survived. And as a patriarch of the faith, he not only survives, he thrives. Because instead of abandoning his faith, he did something we all need to learn from. He drew closer to the Lord at these times instead of running away from the Lord. How many times have you seen people in your lives, loved ones, friends, associates, who go through something, and the next thing you know, they're back on the bottle. They're back in the bars. They need to do what Snoop Dogg just announced. I'm giving up smoke. (laughs) I don't know what all that means, Snoop Dogg, but I'm glad you're giving up smoke. Instead of becoming bitter, Isaac became better. But you can only do that with a supernatural relationship with the Lord. Because in your own natural self, there's not enough power in you without the Holy Ghost and the Word of God to defeat what the devil has planned. There's an old saying that comes into play, Life is 10% what happens to you and 90% how you respond. It's all about how we respond. And as believers in the Most High God, we're learning to respond in faith. All things work together for good. Amen? That's your motto? Are you sticking to it? That's my story and I'm sticking to it. And look, no one's immune. Just because you're Pastor Huck doesn't mean you get an immune card. Right? A pastor doesn't get a, I'm immune from problems card. The rain falls on the just and the unjust, the Bible says. Jesus talks about the storms of life. And He teaches us that if you want to stand through the storms of life, you need to build your life on the rock. Who's building their life on the rock today? It's going to pay off for you big time. And I dare say for many of you, it's already paid off. Who has seen miracle working power of God in your life? And it ain't over. There's more on the way. There's more miracles. There's more signs. There's more favor. There's more blessing. There's more breakthrough coming your way. But that doesn't mean you don't have to face down some things. The devil goes around as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour, Peter said. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy people's destinies and dreams. And he would like nothing better to turn you and me into his next victims In the name and by the blood, Satan, we rebuke you. We cast you out of our lives. We cast out infirmity and sickness and disease and depression and any kind of fear and anxiety. We bind you. We release the love of God, the grace of God, the favor of God, and the blessing of God. And you know what? Take that, lather, rinse, and repeat how many times do I have to do that until you're 120? What didn't happen to Isaac is that all those experiences I just went through didn't change him into a victim. He leaned on the Lord and God changed him into a man of God. Amen? He was somehow able to shake off all the emotions, all the negative feelings, all the bad experiences, and found a way to keep moving forward into his destiny. Praise God. And that's there for our example. Amen? I wish I could say it would, could happen by 5 o'clock today. Something good can happen by 5 o'clock today. Something good is going to happen to somebody somewhere by 5 o'clock today. It may as well be for you. Look at Ephesians 3.16. It says that God would grant you. This is a prayer the Apostle's praying. He's praying that God would grant you according to the riches of His glory, to be strengthened with power through the Holy Spirit in your inner man. And so, this prayer means that believers not only receive the Holy Spirit to dwell in the inner man, but that the indwelling of the Holy Spirit is meant to make you strong in faith. Come on, somebody. It's meant to make you strong in spirit. Praise God. And how is this going to happen for you? Simply put, when you maintain a high level of Word in your spirit, you're going to have a high level of faith. And faith, the Bible says, is a shield that will quench every fiery dart of the enemy. Now God is serious about this. He didn't say that because you're going to be the next one to get all shot up. He said that so that you would be encouraged like uh, uh, Isaac was encouraged to use your faith to say, "Uh uh-uh, devil. Through the power of the Word, the power of the Spirit, quench every fiery dart. Amen. Jesus said, My words are a spiritual force. In John 6. My words are a spiritual force and bring abundant life. What we see in the church today, for many, I'm preaching to the choir here, but many people can barely give God 90 minutes on a Sunday. And if, if all you do is give 90 minutes on a Sunday in the face of 168 hours in a week, man, that's too lopsided. Now, yeah, God can do miracles, but why don't you begin to transition yourself from being a believer into being a disciple? Where everything starts with the Lord. My day starts with the Lord. My words model the Lord's words. And I'm building myself up on my most holy faith. You're doing that. Hallelujah. God bless you. Thank you for that. Praise God. Through God's Word, we have within us everything we need to deal with whatever the world can throw at us doesn't mean you're not going to go through some uh, feelings and emotions but it means your faith is not going to be shipwrecked amen i i was reminded of victor frankl who survived the nazi death camps and he lived to write a book called man's search for meaning and in his book victor frankl wrote everything can be taken From a man but one thing, the last of the human freedoms, to choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances, to choose one's own way. That thought came while he was living in a Nazi death camp. I've been to Auschwitz. I've marched to Birkenau. I've seen it and heard all the 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 uh, uh, horrific things, the atrocities that went on. We've seen movies like Schindler's List and many others and wonder how on earth can one person treat another person like that. It was the epitome of hate. We're seeing that spirit of Nazi Germany being replicated in, in Hamas. And the people that are out there chanting and protesting and storming into uh, all these public government buildings and trying to shut down uh, the other side's point of view, they are deceived, sorely deceived. They're not choosing wisely. Isaac chose wisely, he learned to use his struggles to develop his strengths. Amen? We need to learn that. Right? Strength is when you go through a hardship and decide not to surrender. Amen? Amen. Amen. I ain't surrendering to this thing. Ancient wisdom teaches something that applies here and that each of the patriarchs were assigned a different... Spiritual virtue, a major spiritual virtue. It was a dominant virtue. And the dominant virtue assigned to Isaac was Gevurah in Hebrew, Gevurah. And it means strength or power. But when you look at Isaac's life, it wasn't that he had physical strength. It was that he had spiritual strength. He understood not by might, Not by power, but by the Spirit, says the Lord. There was a quiet resolve in Isaac. There was an unseen level of determination. He had this hidden level of persistence working in him. And I look around this room today and I see that same quality in so many of you. Amen? God bless you for being strong in the Lord. There's my little grandson. He's counting on his grandpa to step up and be strong. Amen. Amen. Did you know that the word survive is taken from two Latin words meaning to live beyond? Is that amazing? Survive in Latin means to live beyond. That's encouraging. That's amazing. That's a revelation. I'm a survivor. I may not have gone what you uh, have gone through, but I went through my own personal stuff. And I'm a survivor. And the reason why is that through Christ, through the Word, through church, I've been able to live beyond my past. Not anchored to it. Being a survivor is a state of mind. A survivor just keeps going. In the face of adversity, yeah, it don't look so good. But I am going to live beyond this. When the smoke clears, I'm going to be standing. That's a state of mind. And it's challenging. Not everybody can have the exact same mindset. Because not everybody's been hurt the same way. Not everybody's been abandoned in the same way. Not everybody has been victimized the same way. But through Christ, we can all respond with faith. And we can all respond with a hope for the future. That this word that we study, this God that we see we serve, it's not just filled with empty promises. There is something living, there is something tangible, there is something real that I know is in my life that comes through the Lord. And I let that come out of me like a river of living water, and so do you. Amen. Amen. God is saying, live beyond. Be a survivor. Live beyond the trauma. Live beyond the pain. Live beyond the suffering. Amen? I, in, in my research, I, I found this and it just made me so happy. I found what's called the survivor's creed. The survivor's creed. There's actually something called the survivor's creed. I may not be all I ought to be, I know I'm not all I want to be. But I've come a long way from what I used to be. And I won't give up on becoming all I know I can be. (laughs) Come on, somebody. I may not be all I ought to be. I know I'm not all I want to be. But I've come a long way from what I used to be. And I won't give up on becoming all I know I can be. Amen? Amen. Amen. Survivor's Creed. How is all this possible? Amazing grace. How sweet the sound. It's that amazing grace that allows us to live beyond the pain and be transformed into a great woman or man of God. It did it, God did it for Isaac. He's no respecter of persons. He'll do it for you. But there's keys. It just doesn't happen by osmosis. Doesn't happen by keeping our fingers crossed. Yeah? Yeah? I, I have a, a wonderful uh, volume uh, of books called Sparkling Gems by Pastor Rick Renner. And he does an amazing teaching on James 5.13, which says, Is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. Is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. And the word that the Bible uses and is translated in uh, the King James, afflicted, doesn't just mean sick. It refers to a person who is harassed by a problem that is weighing that person down and producing devastating results in his or hers life. Is there any among you afflicted? Is there a person coming to church today that's being harassed by a problem? We know who's behind that. And it's weighing that person down and producing devastating results. If you know that, or if you're that person, here's the uh, one of the antidotes. Let him pray. Let him pray. So, By the goodness of God, through your prayer and through coming into agreement with people of faith that know how to pray, they're not agreeing with the problem. They're not going to spend 20 minutes counseling you on how bad you are. I don't need your pity. I need your prayer. I need you to pray the prayer of faith over my life, break every curse, bind every devil, and release the power of God to transform me out of this problem into the promises of God. And if I have to do that a hundred times, I'll do it a hundred times. Praise God. Thank you, Lord, for your mercy. Thank you, Lord, for your grace. Thank you, Lord, for your miracle working power. Thank you for working in me, working in my family, working in my loved ones, Father, to remove the problems, to defeat the devil, to uh, just turn all of those issues into solve problems. Problem solved. My life is committed to Jesus. I'm moving forward in faith. Hallelujah. Pastor Renner wrote the translation of that verse. And he says, is any among you going through an extremely difficult time in life that is causing you a lot of grief? I urge that person to draw near to God. To pour out his heart to the Lord. And be willing, get this, to give up anything. And to do anything God requires in order for the situation to be changed. And that's a lot of times where the sayings of God get too tough. And people aren't willing to fast anymore. People aren't willing to give up three meals for a day and seek the Lord. We're willing to binge watch Netflix, but we're not willing to fast to defeat the devil Are we willing to begin to sow seed towards our miracle harvest? Or are we still in the habit of when the offering plate comes by, tip God with five dollars? God says you have to be willing to give up anything and do anything it requires. And that's where in your time of prayer and praise and worship, where all of a sudden the Lord speaks to you and you hear something about, uh, here's the root of your problem. Here's where the miracle can happen. If you take authority over that specific thing, the breakthrough will follow. That's how it works, folks. That's Christianity. Christianity isn't getting saved at the altar and becoming perfect. Christianity is getting saved in the altar, receiving a Savior who becomes your Lord and teaches you and guides you and shows you how to get out of all those negative things and get onto the path of life and blessing. This is what Isaac did. And God's no respecter of persons. Amen. What he did for Isaac, he wants to do for every single person. But your level of participation, and I know I'm speaking to the choir here because you are willing to participate. If you get up uh, before the sun comes out to come to Torah study uh, at 9 o'clock, you're doing good. We were talking on the way in. When we got saved, our church in Seattle had two services. The first one at 8 o'clock. 8 o'clock service. Then we had Sunday school and then the second service. And we, we came for the 8 o'clock service all nine years we lived in Seattle. We came to the 8 o'clock service. We stayed for whatever Sunday school teaching was happening. And then we stayed for the second service. That was our Sunday morning. It wasn't like, uh, I can get you out of here in 55 minutes, guaranteed. Guaranteed. I was looking for God to get things out of my life once and for all, and if it took three hours or four hours every Sunday morning, and then we were back on Wednesday nights, and we had Sunday night service, we attended that, we were serving in the children's ministry, we were involved, if the church doors flew open, we flew in. Yeah, Are you willing to do anything? So as we close, praise God. God can show us how and take us beyond the pain. He can take us beyond any trauma. He can take us beyond all of our past and give us and help us live in a wonderful future. So, here, just I know we're uh, just about out of time. Let me give you a couple final things. Number one, make sure you're fighting the right enemy when you're going through all this stuff. The enemy is not who you think he is, the enemy isn't your in laws, <laughs> the enemy isn't your boss, the enemy isn't your neighbor, the enemy isn't uh, uh, people, the enemy is the devil. And all of his powers and principalities. And this is why it's important that you learn how to pray more than now I lay me down to sleep. But you gotta learn how to bind the devil you got to learn what it means to break every curse. You need to learn how to pray the seven places that Jesus shed His blood over your life. How to speak the promises of God and do that a thousand and one times. And then when you get to a thousand and one, you reset and start over on your next thousand and one. In that process, you get to number two, you get to learn how to know your God. When you're involved at that level, you get to know God. And you get to know Him and the power of His resurrection and how to live a resurrected life. I have been resurrected from the dead. I have overcome because Jesus has overcome. Jesus overcame the devil. Jesus overcame sin and death. Jesus overcame every temptation. Thank God the same Spirit that dwelled in Jesus and raised Him from the dead. The Bible says, now that Spirit dwells in me. I tap into that spirit just like you every single day can't get away from meditating on scripture yeah if you have a relationship with Jesus it means you have a relationship with the word because he is the living word the word became flesh and dwelt among us right if 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 Bible reading and Bible study is too tough for somebody, and I just would, I'd just just rather watch uh, 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 Amazon Prime. I, I just want to watch Netflix. You better find on Netflix, you better find a whole bunch of praise and worship that will feed your spirit. You better find some YouTube preaching that will feed your spirit, because you need something supernatural to happen. Meditate on Scripture. Number four, walk in love. It's normal to get ticked off from time to time. But you can't let, the, uh, let that fester. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath, the Bible says. It won't be easy, but it'll be worth it. If you forgive instead of trying to get revenge, get even. If you pursue the blessing out of this, find the silver lining in the cloud. Instead of becoming bitter, you become better. Instead of looking for pity and sympathy, sympathy. don't buy your teeth by mail. And number five, allow God to make it right. Amen. Cast your cares upon Him. Don't carry around the fear. Don't carry around the anxiety, the worry. Don't let all the the things from the past be your source of vision. You have spiritual vision now. You're filled with the Holy Ghost and power now. The living Word of God dwells in you now. That's your vision. The promises of God are your vision. Not the problems, but the promises. And through that, uh, you will find that you can speak to the mountain about the size of your God. I command you to be cast into the sea. And I receive every blood-bought promise in Jesus' name. Amen this morning? Do you receive that this morning?